Good afternoon and happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you for listening. We got ourselves a football Friday. So in this episode, I will give my takes on last night's Thursday night football game between the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. I'll give you what I believe are the best games of week 11 in the NFL and the best games in college football this Saturday. And I will close with the injury to Clay Thompson and the free agent status of Boston's Gordon Hayward. Now, without further ado, let's get started. My opening take starts with last night's Thursday night football game between two division rivals, the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I was wrongly predicted this game. I predicted the Cardinals, but the Seahawks end up winning this game 28-21. Well, it was a pretty good game. I mean, it wasn't as good as the first matchup, but it was good. I mean, Russell Wilson bounced back from his struggles the last couple of weeks. Threw for 197 yards and two touchdowns and no interceptions. But he was aided by the return of the running game for the Seahawks. Carlos Hyde came in and contributed. And the defense, while didn't play great, but played good enough to hold off a late surge by Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense. When Carlos Hyde, who just got to Seattle, got the game-winning sack to seal the deal. Now, Kyler Murray had 269 yards and two touchdowns and no picks, but didn't get much from the running game. Now, I've been saying this about the Cardinals. One of the problems they have is that the running game needs to step it up. I mean, Kayon Drake and Chase Edmonds didn't give much of anything last night. I mean, a total of 57 yards rushing. Now, that's not going to get it done in the NFL. Especially if they were to get into the playoffs. And the fact that they have no running game, chances are they'll be out in the first, in the wild card round or whatever. If they were to somehow get win a division and get a first round bye. But DK Metcalf, I mean, after getting shut down by Jalen Ramsey last week, looked good. I mean, he wasn't spectacular, but he was good enough. But he also showed that Patrick Peterson looks like a shell of himself. But for the Seahawks, now there's a lot of talk that. They may be ready for the Super Bowl. I ain't ain't singing that tune just yet. I mean, yeah, the defense played, I mean, good yesterday, but I ain't sold on them being a Super Bowl team because all they have to do is have one bad game and that's it. So let's hold off on the Super Bowl praises of the Seahawks. I mean, I need to see the defense do well more consistently like the stretch of games coming up but for the Cardinals I mean now now they're 6 and 4 so right now the Rams and the Seahawks 
are the top two teams in the NFC West. Now let's move on to what I believe are the best games of Week 11 in the NFL. We're going to start off with Tennessee versus Baltimore. Of course, this is a rematch of the divisional playoff round last season where the Tennessee Titans came into Baltimore and shocked the Ravens 28-12, bouncing them from the, from, the, from the playoffs. And the Ravens were the number one seed. And they were everybody was looking for them to make it to the Super Bowl. Or at least play Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But this year, both these teams are a lot different. I mean, Tennessee's defense, as I've been harping on, very suspect. But the Ravens' offense hasn't been as as efficient as last year. I mean, Lamar Jackson, it's time for him to start showing what he can do with his arm. We already know what he can do with his legs. And we all know what the Tennessee offense has with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. I like the Ravens in this one mainly because of their defense. Mainly their secondary. And as for, I, like as, as I stated, I don't trust their defense. So I look for Lamar Jackson in the running game. To have a have a have a have a good game against the Raven, against the Tennessee Titans. So while I think this will be a hard-fought game, I'm gonna go with the Ravens to pull it out, 28 to 23. Now the next um, game I'm gonna be talking about is the Green Bay Packers versus the Colts. Now this looks like a very intriguing matchup. I mean, we all know Aaron Rodgers has been on a tear this year. But the Colts' defense, surprisingly, is number one in the NFL. Particularly, their pass defense. I mean, on offense, of course, the Colts... I mean, Phillip Rivers seems to be hitting a stride. But I'm going to be ca- I'm gonna be a little cautious on, Phil- on the Colts' offense. Because we all know, as soon as you think Phillip Rivers is getting it going, boom... He reverts back to being a turnover machine. But in this matchup, I think the Packers are going to have to work, are going to be working very hard to get their points. But I have to believe they will. So give me the better quarterback, which is Aaron Rodgers or Phillip Rivers and the Colts. While the Colts will keep it close, I believe that the offense, while good, will not be able to generate enough points to keep the Packers at bay. So I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers 27-20 in this matchup. Now, for for the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Raiders, the Chiefs are going to be looking for revenge after losing to the Raiders early in the season in a surprising upset at home. The Raiders have been on a roll. They've run three in a row. They're undefeated in the division. 
imagine what kind of earthquake it would be if the Raiders were to sweep the Chiefs. I mean, this would be a big feather in their cap. I think this would actually be John Gruden's biggest win since he's returned to coaching. But here's the problem. The Raiders' defense had to be on the COVID list all week. Even though it, looks, it appears that they're all going to be back, they're not going to have much practice time. And the Chiefs are well-rested coming off the bye. So a well-rested Andy Reid and a well-rested Patrick Mahomes. Even though this, this appears to be a good primetime game, I have a feeling this is going to turn out to be what Tampa Bay and the Saints were two weeks ago. Yeah. I look for the Chiefs to put up probably like 42 points in this game. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs in a blowout. I'm going to say 45-17. to 17. Now another game that I think is kind of intriguing and it's intriguing for a reason and that's the Falcons and the Saints now we all know this is a rivalry in the NFC South these teams go at it every year and usually have a lot of high scoring close games but the difference in this game is that there will be no Drew Brees Drew Brees of course suffered an injury last week Now he has five broken ribs and a punctured lung. So you're looking at two weeks for Drew Brees. At least that's what they were reporting. You thought that Jameis Winston was going to make his return to the starting lineup on an NFL team. Then the news broke that Sean Payton Decide to go with his hybrid player, Jason Hill, as the starting quarterback. This is what it tells me. It's obvious that Sean Payton right now does not trust Jameis Winston. I heard a stat when I was coming back home from lunch. I was listening to Colin Cowherd on satellite radio. And he mentioned that Jameis is one in five in his career against the Atlanta Falcons. That could have something to do with it. Or he's just afraid that Jameis is going to give the Falcons extra possessions. Because we all know Jameis Winston is an interception machine. He will give the team the ball at least one or two times a game. But here's the, here's, here's, here's the thing that makes me skeptical. When Jason Hill has gone under center and played quarterback, he doesn't complete a high percentage of his passes. You look at that possibly under 50%. So I'm a little bit skeptical of this move. I actually had to text one of my friends who's a, a high diehard Saints fan and I asked him what he thought. He was equally as skeptical as I was. 
He didn't like the move at all. But it seemed like Sean Payton is basically trying to show everybody that Jason Hill can be a quarterback in this league. He even one time compared him to Steve Young, which to me is an insult. I mean, he's nowhere near the caliber of Steve Young. I mean, yeah, Steve Young was athletic with his running, but Steve Young completed over 60% of his passes. Steve Young didn't throw interceptions like Jason Hill has in the few times he has played quarterback and wasn't a turnover machine either. Because Jason Hill has been known to fumble a ball as well. So that's that's why I say I understand the element of surprise. But I think for a half, he may catch the Falcons off guard. But I think in the end, I'm going to have to take the Falcons in an upset. Because Wallace looks like a, a move that could work out. I'm just not sold that it is going to work out. And of course, the game is in New Orleans. So, of course, there's no fans. So, no home field advantage. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Falcons in an upset. I'm going to say 34-26. Now let's switch gears to college football. Looks like the Big Ten has the best games on display this Saturday. Of course, we'll start off with number three, Ohio State versus Number nine, Indiana. Now, Indiana Hoosiers have been a surprise in college football this year. They are 4-0. They started off by beating Penn State in overtime. Gave it to, they gave it to Michigan. And now, they're in on a big game against Ohio State. Now, for what I've seen from Indiana, I mean, they got a pretty good quarterback with Michael um, Penix Jr. But I like Ohio State because they're the more complete team. I mean, I'm telling you, Justin Fields is on Trevor Lawrence's heels in the Heisman Trophy race. All he has to do is just handle business the rest of the way, win this game, beat Michigan, win the um, Big Ten title. And chances are, he's probably going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. While Indiana may hang for a half, I believe somewhere between mid to late second half, Ohio State will pull away. Justin Fields and the offense will put up an array of yards and points. And the defense will get a handle on the Hoosiers' offense. So I'm going to go with Ohio State 40, Indiana 20. 
another surprise is that Northwestern Wildcats are we playing the undefeated Wisconsin Badgers. Now it's been a long time since we've heard from Wisconsin. I mean West Northwestern, I'm sorry, as a team to talk about. They're 4-0. But of course, since the first game, they've been barely winning their games. I mean, these scores have been pretty close. Wisconsin, of course, has been hampered by COVID-19 outbreaks among their um, staff and their players and their coaches. But when they are been when they have been on the field, they've been pretty impressive. Both of these teams play pretty good defense. I mean, both of them it's hard to run on. It's not easy to pass on either. So I think this is going to be a defensive game mostly. I'm going to go with Wisconsin to barely win this game. I'm going to say Wisconsin 23. Northwestern 20. Now I'm going to close with the NBA. Now, there was some breaking news that came out about the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors are going to start off the 2021 season in Tampa. So, I guess what that means is, since right now, Canada has still have not opened their borders to the U.S., teams are not going to be able to tra- travel to Toronto to play the Raptors. It's pretty interesting. I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't go to Buffalo. Anybody that's traveled from Buffalo to Toronto know it's a two-hour drive. I mean, don't be wrong. Being in Tampa in the hot, with, with the warm weather is is a is is not nicer than going in cold Buffalo. But I figure for the Raptors. I mean, it'd be easy travel. But anywho, I was glad to see that at least they got some place to play. Now for the sad news in the NBA. This was supposed to be the year that the Golden State Warriors was going to have the band back together. Steph Curry was coming back. And Clay Thompson was coming back. Well, Steph Curry at least is coming back. But Clay Thompson, unfortunately, he will not be playing this season in the NBA. Clay Thompson suffered an Achilles tear during a pickup game this past week and will miss the rest of the season. You definitely got to feel bad for Clay Thompson because the last time we saw Clay Thompson was two years ago in the NBA Finals. And he rehabbed all of this past season 
try to get ready for this season. Now, what does this do for the Golden State Warriors? This is somewhat of a setback. I mean, yeah, Steph Curry and, and of course, Draymond Green. Yeah, you got those guys. But you don't have that, you don't have the same type of shooting that that you're gonna get when you have both the Splash Brothers out there. So there's gonna be a suffering of the Warriors offense. Now I'm not saying they're gonna be a bad team this year. I mean, Steph being there at least is gonna help hold down the fort and at least get them in maybe somewhere between a fifth and a seventh seed in the playoffs but that's about it so all I can say for Clay Thompson is get well and we hope to see you again in the future back in the NBA on the court because this guy is one of the best premier shooters in the NBA. Now I'm going to close with a free agent story. Gordon Hayward has now opted out of his deal with the Celtics and now will become a free agent. So it's obviously he's looking to get some more money. <laughs> really? I mean, don't get me wrong, Gordon Hayward is a good player. But the guy, since he's gotten to Boston, hasn't been very healthy. I mean, of course, he suffered that nasty ankle injury in the first game of the season a few years back. Ugh, never want to see that again. I mean, if, if, you, if you've seen it once, you, you, you wouldn't want to see that again. That thing was gruesome. And that took away a whole season for him. And since then, he's just been in and out of the lineup. But now, he wants to say, "Look, I'm a free agent. I'm going to become a free agent. I'm going to go to see if anybody's going to pay me more money." I can't see it. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get picked up by somebody if he doesn't resign with the Celtics. But as far as him getting any more money, I just can't see it. I mean, the fact that he's injury prone and you're going to kick out, what, 40 million or so to a guy that you don't know who's going to be in the lineup. It's like, it's, I hate to say this, but it's like Kyrie Irving. Now, don't get me wrong, I, don't, I like Kyrie Irving and everything. The guy's a phenomenal player, but Gordon Hayward is just like Kyrie Irving. Every couple of games, he's going to be hurt. He's going to have some ailment. So, all I can say for Gordon Hayward is good luck. We'll see if somebody gives you the money that you think you deserve. But you might be better off just going back to Boston. Because there are some good players on Boston's team. That's a good compliment Gordon Hayward I mean Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Kimball Walker 
I mean, there's just so much talent on that team. But I guess he wants to be his own man. Usually that's what happens when a lot of these guys have other star players on their team. They just want to be the man. The question is, who's going to pay the man type of money for Gordon Hayward? Well, we'll see. But again, good luck with that. Now, this will conclude Friday's episode of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening and downloading. I appreciate it. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at ggsports13. I'd like to thank you again for listening and downloading. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you again on Monday. Bye-bye.